Welcome to Cycle Breakers and Moneymakers, a podcast for women of color and first gen who are breaking generational cycles and glass ceilings by going places no one before them has ever gone. I'm your host, leadership coach and eldest daughter of immigrants, Mariella Delamora. I left a 16 year marketing career to create a multiple six figure a year coaching business as a single mom. Each week, you'll learn how to build unshakable self trust, become in demand lead with confidence, and make more money by being more of who you are. Hello, everyone. Oh my gosh. Today's episode is going to be jam-packed. It is going to unpack my last launch of Reclamation Mastermind. The doors just closed on Tuesday. It is Friday at the time of recording. I have so much for you. If you have a notebook, take notes. We're going to publish like a lot of the takeaways and everything as well, but there are so many lessons here. There are million dollar lessons, multi-million dollar lessons here. Like I know that this launch is going to teach me so much about how I market in the future, how I launch, how I can trust myself, what the industry needs, what the world needs, what my community needs. I haven't talked about this publicly other than to my clients. I did recap the launch to my clients yesterday in Reclamation and I just really sat with the results because I almost couldn't believe it. <laughs> and I had to sit and actually like process it in therapy because when you get what you want and it is more than you ever envisioned, it can feel almost like it's not real. And so I gave myself a few days to <laughs> to talk about this. And I know you're probably like, just tell us, Mayela, like, what is it? But I really just needed to sit and like honor it myself and rest and process and allow myself to access pride because I didn't immediately feel proud. I very much was like, wow, okay, you have a lot of people to serve. Let's get to work. We have a lot of work to do, like stay focused. But it it took me a couple days to access pride to just be like, wow, this is not just a win for me. This is a win for my community and for my clients who really need to see examples of women like them who are making a lot of money and they don't have to compromise their values and they don't have to change who they are. In fact, that leaning more into who you are and your values makes you more money. The way that this episode is going to go is that I am walking you through my success receipts. Success receipts is a tool that we use inside a reclamation mastermind whenever someone creates results in a short period of time where we want to go back and audit it. So it's like an audit but we don't just look at the steps you took. We look at what you surrendered, your identity, things like that. And so you don't just look at what you were doing. You look at who you were being. And I have had clients who have been able to create incredible results just through documenting their success receipts. So this episode is twofold in that I am going to be revealing my success receipts framework so you can write the questions down and then do this for yourself for something that you've created recently or at any point in time. But you're also going to get my answers to those questions. So this is essentially how I created this incredible launch that I cannot wait to share with you. So let's get started. We open success receipts by listing out what you're creating the receipt for. So much like when you go to a restaurant, it lists out, this is what you bought. So the result that we are creating the success receipt for is a few things. Number one, 100% yeses, 100% yeses. Everyone who was offered a spot said yes, which was 16 people as of today. I have one more discovery call left. 
that is wild to me. Like that is not a fluke. And I will tell you more about why that was significant because I did not make anybody say yes to me on the call, right? The other is 17 applications in the first 48 hours. (laughs) That is wild to me. The other is 19 applications in the final day. So most of my applications came in right at the beginning during the 48-hour bonus during the workshop or immediately after the workshop. There's a wave of applications in. And since y'all are probably asking about how big was the launch financially, it is a $165,000 launch so far. Like I said, we'll have one more discovery call. $165,000. And that's because payment plans kind of nudge up some of the the 10K investment, right? So $165,000 in one launch in a two-week period. That blows my mind. The final thing we're creating the success receipt for that I want to just note, these are just notable things about the win, is that several cold leads, cold leads meaning they weren't people that were following me before, that recently followed me. So several cold leads said yes, meaning they just found me either through someone else, through LinkedIn, or through my podcast, which shows that my marketing is working. So the question was, the results that we're creating the success receipt for. And that can be more than just the dollar amount, right? I I looked at the numbers, I looked at the 100% yeses, all those things I think were significant. So that was the first question. The second question, what key actions created your results? My answer to that is, I became a better leader (laughs) by always taking responsibility first whenever I saw what I perceived to be like things going wrong or balls being dropped because like you can't just create this without anybody on your team. I, I have an incredible team, right? Whenever I was like, oh, the ball's being dropped here or things are taking too long here, like I, as a leadership coach as well, know like you always have to look at yourself first. And I got coached on this as well inside Million Dollar CEO, just really around how you always look to yourself as the leader. How do you take things that you think are an opinion or a judgment and actually make them neutral and fact-based, right? And so that in itself helped me and my OBM work through things and solve things at the root. And I really went into this launch feeling supported. I felt comfortable being direct and asking for what I needed. And it went so, so, so well. And I think my OBM and I are just like, we, I was just like, I'm proud of us. We did such a great job. So we definitely grew together. And I think that that is something that happens through really like taking ownership first as a leader, right? Instead of going direct to blaming your team. The other key actions that created my results was I processed emotion over Palestine by showing up instead of bottling my feelings. As we all know, we have been watching, we're more than two months into the occupation of Gaza and asking for a ceasefire and seeing tremendous catastrophic loss of life. The children seeing that this has just been, it's just torn me up. And there's some days where I just felt like, I don't want to talk about anything. I don't want to talk about anything. What else matters besides like these thousands of people that are losing their lives, these parents who are losing their children, children who are losing their parents. Like, like, this is so wrong. Like, I was enraged. I went and I protested and I've been like doing what I could, but some days all I could do was cry. And I would talk about that on stories. So that is one thing that I really want to show is that you can launch and be loud about your values at the same time. The last thing I ever want to do is be like, I am a caricature of myself, that I am just, you know, persona attached to this launch, persona attached to that launch. Like I'm a person and you're always going to know where I stand, what I give a shit about, what I don't stand for. And I'm going to be the same person no matter where you interact with me. There were some days where I just bawled my eyes out and the next day I just didn't want to do anything. And I supported my nervous system because this is a skill that I've learned. It's also support that we offer inside Reclamation. 
And I brought myself kind of back to life and was able to do the things that I needed to do. And in some days I honored slowing down and not doing those things. So key actions is processing emotion over difficult things that were happening in the world and being able to still show up for myself and my business. The other key action that created my results was I never stopped talking about reclamation, even when I wasn't launching. And what I mean by that is, even when you're not launching, talk about your programs, talk about what happened on the call, talk about your clients, talk about, just talk about your program. Because that is selling. And I think we tend to think of selling sometimes as an instance that you turn off and on. Selling is a way of being. Selling is telling stories. Selling is illustration. Selling is just part of who you are as an entrepreneur. And so I never stopped talking about reclamation. So really, even though I actively planned a lot more emails and posts, sometimes multiple times a day in the four weeks prior to the doors opening and the workshop, I spent months before talking about the program. And that is brand recognition and brand awareness. And brand awareness is something that is necessary for people to number one, know about your program, know different things about it and be prepared for the investment. So I told people way ahead of time, here's the investment, here's when the doors open. And I was talking about the program and talking about what was happening currently in calls all the time. So that is the answer to what key actions created your results. The next question, question number three, what key decisions created your results? The first one was actions. This one's decisions. Decisions is one where like you could have gone one way or another. And in a launch, you make lots of decisions. (laughs) This is probably one of the most critical parts because then your team just implements on the decisions and you implement on the decisions. One of the key decisions that I made was to let go of my good student mentality and to trust my decisions instead. And that is huge because as the eldest daughter of immigrants who always was striving for 4.0 and all of that and just being a good daughter... I know by default, I want to be a good student. And what this means is that I carried past coaching that I received and I was like making myself wrong for not wanting to do it that way, even though it isn't like my coach at the time was telling me I was wrong. It's just, we carry that so deeply, right? And so I had to let go of my good student mentality and trust myself instead. I decided that I was proud of myself from before I even opened the doors because I knew that this launch, I was going to launch my way. And in deciding I was proud of myself already, I was able to have my own back regardless and be more detached from the outcome. Another decision is I decided to do a workshop that I felt was insanely helpful, even to those who didn't join the program. Instead of a pretty, I'd say a standard webinar format is one where the goal of of a webinar is that one person talks And then there's questions at the end, right? And the goal of a webinar generally is to make your audience problem aware. So aware of what the problems are that they are experiencing, illustrate how current clients have resolved that problem or how the coach or the program have resolved that problem, and then talk more about the program. But on its own, you as the person attending a webinar become problem aware and you decide like, yes, I believe that this coach or this program can solve my problem. But there isn't necessarily something that you can go and implement. And I just know the way that I am. I really need to believe in the thing that I'm putting out there in order for me to sell it. Because when you put a workshop out, you're selling the workshop. You're not just selling the program. So I decided that if you come to my workshop, it's going to be insanely helpful, even if you don't show up. And like I said, that made me feel like you have to come to this workshop. It is going to be so, so, so good. I also decided to do open coaching in the middle of the workshop on what I had just taught. So basically, I did a teaching portion that could stand on its own. I paused. I stopped sharing slides. I wanted to look people in the face because I don't like talking at people for an hour. So I paused. 
And I just did some live coaching because that's my gift. So I'm like, I want you to experience me as a coach. So I answered questions. I helped people clarify. People also were asking questions about me and the program before I then transitioned to the selling portion. People could have dropped off. I'm sure some did, but many, many, most people stayed on. And every person who asked a question on the workshop wound up joining. I also decided that I was only going to allow people in who were a good fit and that I was going to redirect the people who weren't. And that is because I want to sell with integrity. And I knew that every person who joins a mastermind adds to the collective and we need to have like similar goals and things that we want and similar values. And so that was a huge, huge decision for me, which also just helped me, like I said, show up in my values, show up in integrity. I also decided to tell people in my marketing, (laughs) in my emails, that they did not have to make a decision on the call. That's huge because I kind of had thoughts of like, well, what if people go and then they're wishy-washy and they don't know? But then I was like, but I know how to, like, I know how to sell. And I also know that my goal on the call is to help them make a decision. And I was so confident in that, that I was just like, fine. I know that if I handle the part that is my responsibility, which is to advocate for the person and help them make the best decision possible and show them how the program can help them or not, that's that's important because I knew I was willing to say, no, it's not a good fit for you. Then I was like, yeah, you don't have to make a decision on the call. And I'll tell you more about how that turned out because that obviously 100% yes is. I also decided to run the calls just like I do with my one-on-one coaching, which is where every person gets a copy of their call notes um, and the areas of focus that I've identified for them within the mastermind so that they have something tangible to look at when making their decision. Like, I think that that's important, especially in a five-figure investment, to be like, you're not just being told like, yes, it's a good fit. You have the coach being like, here's what you said. Here's your goals. Here are the three main things that I would focus on within the mastermind. So you already have a plan going into it. And then for, I started doing this towards the end, but some of them, I even gave them like a grain AI call summary so that they can go back and rewatch the call. Like I was literally like, here it is. It made it so easy for the people who you were going to say yes to say yes. I also decided to hire High Flyer Powerhouse, who did my brand. I rebranded my website for design, for website updates, to build out my workshop page, to design my content. This allowed my OBM to do what she does best. And it also allowed me to create more, to move faster, and to fully implement my rebrand at the highest caliber level, which also helped in converting cold leads. That is straight up a testimonial for Jasmine because she talks about converting cold leads, but like, Absolutely. So everyone was just doing what they did best. So I really was like, we need to move quick. And I want to implement my rebrand because I just had finished rebranding. And so I'm so, so, so happy I did that. I also decided to rehire my content repurposing manager, even though my coaches were like, I'm not sure you really need to do that. That's such a niche hire. And I totally get that. And I, I was like, okay, you know, I really just wanted to have someone who was really good on video because I wanted reels because reels create an emotional connection. And coupled with educational content in carousels and photos and all of that, it was a well-rounded marketing strategy, in my opinion. Like I just put on my marketing director hat and I was like, this is also an investment that people want to imagine themselves in. So like anything that was lifestyle, anything that was inspirational, anything like that, I would have my content repurposing manager, Anna, turn it into a reel. So I had a whole strategy between what was a static post what was a carousel and what was a reel. So we just made a decision. I made a decision that that was what it was going to be. So there was a lot of decisions. You don't necessarily need to make all these decisions, but I'm just showing you that like I fully, fully did things my way. And I leaned heavily on just like, I'm a marketing director and I will always be a marketing director, right? So the next question, uh, this is question number four in success receipts is, 
what helpful thoughts did you have? So I had a lot of helpful thoughts this launch compared to last launch. Last launch, I didn't have a whole lot of helpful thoughts, to be honest. But I really just thought highly of myself in this launch before I opened the door, which is so important because sometimes we are like, well, I'll feel, I'll think good things about myself if my launch is going well. But I, I thought well and highly of myself before the launch opened. So helpful thoughts that I had were, I am proud of myself before this launch even starts because I'm proud of how I am launching. My job is to be insanely helpful to people as they watch me launch. Another helpful thought. I have so much to offer. I care deeply about my clients and that matters to them and they can feel it. My clients are seeking exactly the sort of spaces I create and hold. They have been dreaming of a place like this. I attract the most brilliant people with the biggest hearts. They deserve to be treated that way no matter what they decide. (laughs) That is important. And finally, a helpful thought I had was, I'm not going to get in trouble with anyone, so I may as well do what I want. (laughs) Next question, what unhelpful thoughts did you have? Did you coach yourself or what coaching did you ask for? This part of success receipts. So what unhelpful thoughts did you have? Did you coach yourself or what coaching did you ask for? Unhelpful thoughts. I wonder if I care too much about people to hit my launch goals. Which makes me laugh because I'm just like, what is my idea of like who you need to be to like make a lot of money? And I think we're taught by capitalism that you need to like be cold hearted and all of this to like make money. And it's just like, no, I care deeply about people. And I made, I way surpassed my launch goal. Another unhelpful thought I had was my coaches and former coaches are watching. If this fails, they're going to judge me for not listening, which again, I said earlier, it's not true. My former coach literally at one point told me like, you just need to be happy with your reasons for launching and just like how you're launching, right? So like, this is just my my good student mentality, you know, like coming up. I really just had to make peace with that. And I'm just like, I'm not going to get in trouble with anybody. It's fine. Another unhelpful thought was, what if I spend all this money on the Mexico City retreat and only three people come? (laughs) When I made the decision to book it, I was definitely scared. I, I booked it in October and I hadn't even begun like hard marketing or anything like that. So that's the thing is like, there's no guarantee. Like you are just going to have to bank on yourself. But I knew that doing the Mexico City retreat was actually going to help me because I was even going to be more excited about my launch because it would be like, oh my gosh, like this is so crazy, insane. Like what you're going to get, like we're going to meet, it's going to be amazing. You're going to leave a different person. So I was like, well, but I'm going to feel differently about launching because I'm super excited about Mexico City. So like it's going to change my energy. So, but that was an unhelpful thought. So I kind of coached myself on that one, right? And I also asked my coach friend group for support on the decisions I had already made, which I think is important to note that like we support each other. (laughs) We're supporting each other on our launches, right? But I came to them with my decisions. I wasn't like, hey, what do you guys think I should do? Which sometimes I do. Sometimes I do and sometimes they do. But I was like, hey, here's the decisions that I'm doing. Here's why I feel a little unsure about it, but like, I'm going to just go ahead and trust myself. I just wanted to share this with you guys because I feel a little vulnerable and they were able to hold space for me, of course, and validate me. So again, could not have gotten here without my people, without my incredible, amazing, brilliant chosen sisters, (laughs) coach friends who held space for me. Next question in the success receipts is, which is such an important question, such an important question. The answer to this question often is what is the game changer in your business and your results that you get is what did you surrender or stop worrying about? 
what did you surrender or stop worrying about? And this is important because graspy energy, attached energy, self-protective, ego-based energy does not produce the best results. And we are humans who are, of course, going to be like having thoughts about ourselves, needing people to say yes, what's happening? Why aren't people clicking the link? Why aren't people scheduling calls? Like all this graspy energy that just pushes people away. This is why I say that success always is preceded by surrender, meaning that you are okay no matter what the result is that you really have to sit in. I'm okay whether people say yes or no. I'm okay with what, you know, whatever the result is. I may have some thoughts. I may have some process, you know, feelings. My answers to what did you surrender or stop worrying about? Number one, being a bad student. <laughs> I surrendered or stopped worrying about being judged or criticized for not listening because that was the thought that I had. I surrendered or stopped worrying about people saying no on calls, even though they didn't. <laughs> I surrendered or stopped worrying about whether or not I hit my launch goal. Instead, I focused on being proud of how I am launching and how I am showing up. And finally, I surrendered or stopped worrying about getting people to say yes. That is so important. I surrendered or stopped worrying about getting people to say yes. And you might think like, what the hell is the point of a launch But other than getting people to sign up? But think of the energy behind getting people to, getting them to is already a force. It is already like you're coercing someone and just like the energy behind that. Instead, I focused on helping myself, supporting myself in getting them everything they need to make a decision and for me to confidently recommend the mastermind or not. My goal was I'm going to go into this call and I am going to ask questions and dig deep to find out, number one, would I recommend this mastermind to this person? Number two, what parts of the mastermind or how would I foresee this person utilizing the mastermind, my coaching, the curriculum, the community to help them with the specific goals that they have? If that is your goal, you're going to be so freaking helpful and clear on this call and the person is going to feel it. They are going to feel clear and they are going to feel safe. And that is what allowed them to then come to their own decision to say yes, 100% of them, right? So I surrendered or stopped worrying about getting people to say yes. And instead I focused on myself, which I can control. And when I focus on myself, my focus was, I'm going to ask questions to figure out, is this person a good fit? Would I confidently recommend it? And how would they use the mastermind to get the desired results and to just feel the way that they want to feel along the way? And I can control that. And because I can control that, that is money-making energy, but it is also just safety energy. Next question. What did you learn about yourself or how did your perception of yourself change during this time? A lot of things change. These are a lot of like identity, self-realizations. Answers to that were, I am setting the example that my people need to see is true, that they do not need to become more cold or more coercive to make more money. I'll say that one again. I am setting the example that my people need to see is true, that they do not need to become more cold, more coercive to make money. Another shift was you can lead with your values and make a million dollars. Leading with my values is how I will make a million dollars. Next is you can talk openly about white supremacy and colonization and people will still want to work with you. (laughs) Because I was going ham, especially 
with the genocide in Palestine. I was going ham and I was just like, not everyone's doing this, but this is in alignment with my values. What's so interesting is like, I then attracted a lot of clients who have similar values to me. Because when you lead with your values, you don't just attract people who want the result you offer. You attract people who align with the same values that you have and they want a space that is held for that. The next shift was you can market only to women of color and only let women of color into your program and make a lot of money. So I think that that is something that a lot of my clients struggle with around, let's say only market to women of color or how much can they pay and like all these different things. And it's like, no, you can just serve your people because your people represent an unmet need in the market because there aren't largely people thinking specifically about women of color or specifically about first gen. So if you already are doing that, you're already solving and thinking about an unmet need in the market. And that is important. And that is where your money and your growth is going to be because you aren't just speaking to everyone. Finally, how did my perception of myself change during this time was I am my client's dream coach. They trust me and respect me. And finally, did you make any identity decisions during this time? So what I consider an identity decision is, for example, at the beginning of my business, I was like, I'm not going to make it to my five-year anniversary at my job. I didn't know how. It wasn't guaranteed. Of course, it's not guaranteed, but I just decided it's going to happen. I'm not going to make it to the five-year anniversary at my job, right? So an identity decision is deciding something is going to happen and being detached from how or when. So an identity decision that I truly believe now is I'm already a million-dollar coach. <laughs> like it's semantics at this point, right? I'm actually 80K away from being a million-dollar coach lifetime, but I'm already a million-dollar a year coach and that it's going to happen if I blink. It's going to happen if I breathe. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's, I'm already there. If I did the exact same thing next year, I'd make 500K, right? Because that's not even that much more, right? It's not even that much of a jump. So I, I thought about that. But more importantly, the other identity decision or realization that I came to was, it's almost like hard for me to say out loud because this has been the number one biggest fear of mine from the beginning of my business. It's the thing that spins me out the most. It's the thing that makes me cry on calls. It's the thing that unravels me is worrying about money and being able to pay the rent. Because as many of you know, seven years ago, at the end of 2016, I was heavily pregnant with my daughter and I was on food stamps and living with my parents post-divorce because it wiped me out financially. And I was successful on paper. I was a marketing director. I was a tech startup co-founder, like I'd done all the right things. I had a bougie apartment. And then after that divorce, one thing after another, after another, just expenses, I lost all of it and I had no money. And I am terrified of that. And the way that I grow my business, that is always like a fear in the background of my mind is what if it stops? What if it was a fluke? What if you can't pay your rent one day? What if you spend all your money? Like anytime I'm making investments, the fear comes up. And I was driving the other day, like I had just dropped my daughter off at school and I was like, I created $165,000 in less than two weeks. The identity decision or the identity realization was I will never need to worry about money again. It just came out of my body. It was just like the thought just came out and I believed it and I felt like the sense of calm. And it was like, a Mariela, you did it, you know, decision. It's like, you're only going to become a better coach every single day. Your program's only going to get stronger every single day. You're only going to create more results every single day. You're only going to have more brand awareness and brand recognition around Reclamation Mastermind every day. This is not going away. No one can take this from you. You are only becoming stronger and more capable, more of a leader, more money-making potential, more you know transformations, 
you are never going to have to worry about money again. And for me as a single mother to say that is the world. And that is the safety that I want my clients to have in knowing that they know how to create money that isn't dependent on someone else's framework, that they have guidance but that they can trust themselves, that they are leaders, and that in every interaction with me, they love themselves more, they trust themselves more, they believe in themselves more, because that's going to help you to come to your own version of, I will never need to worry about money again. I feel like that needs a pause before I close out because that was a lot. There were so many lessons. I'm going to recap some of the main things that come to mind, and then I will leave you with some of my closing thoughts. To recap things that just came to mind when I was like, if I were to just summarize this, like, what are the things that I want to leave you with in listening to this episode? Is that a six figure year and especially a six figure launch doesn't just happen by being a good student. You are always going to need to develop your own leadership and your discernment. Discernment is like deciding what to take and what to leave and how to apply it, right? Because if you don't, you will develop a dependency on your coach. And you're going to do all the steps they tell you to do, and you're not going to get the results because ultimately becoming a business owner is an identity that you have to have. It takes leadership skills. It takes transferable skills like leadership and marketing and decision-making and things like that. There's no shortcut around that. No matter how successful someone's framework is, it will always require your discernment and leadership, and you need a coach and a space that allows you to develop that for yourself. That is a lesson or a takeaway for you. The other takeaway for you, I guess for myself, is the goal of sales calls is to be in service of the person on the other end and advocate for them by giving them everything they need to feel clear and safe to make a decision and to confidently recommend your program. Match up exactly how your program or uh, process is going to support their goals. That is what was behind the 100% yeses. And that like people can always feel when you're attached to them saying yes which is why focusing on being in service versus the sale is so important. You have to do whatever you need to do to find sufficiency where you are. Meaning like, I do not need this client to say yes. People can feel when you need them to say yes. They can feel it every time and then they will tell you they need to think about it. They really just know that you're going to be less okay if they say no. And this is going to be the often the hardest part to release, but attachment is going to unravel your sales calls. It's going to unravel your sales calls. Like you have to look at like, How will I be okay regardless of what happens on this call? How can I focus on what is within my control? Because the client's decision is in their control. How you show up to the call is in your control. It is in your control. Another takeaway was getting a flood of applications up front really focused on like a big part of that I think was having a sales focused event, like a workshop that focused on like an immediate need, like an itch they wanted to scratch and like something that didn't wasn't going to take a lot of time to implement, but that changed their perception of what was possible. I think if you can do that in a workshop, change their perception of what is possible and give them some tangible steps, they immediately opens up this other door of possibility to them where your program could live in their minds. And then you walk them through how the program is going to help them take that newfound realization, this newfound possibility, this newfound clarity, and actually implement that into their business and their life over an extended period of time, right? So really, you're able to then build a bridge to a possibility that they may not have even thought beforehand. I also think choosing bonuses that are not like essential to the program, but are very different and what I would say like a very juicy bonus, but like it isn't essential to the program is is that because people will want to join for that. I'd say especially if the bonus focuses on like one of the particular results that you offer, but not 
everything. It's just like a deep dive in one area. So that's what I did with my five-figure fast track VIP day, where we're going to just have a whole day where we just talk about what are the steps that they can take immediately and over the next year in the mastermind to create demand at a five-figure level, just like I did with this mastermind. This was five-figure demand, meaning people are signing up and setting up sales calls and showing up knowing this is a five-figure offer and and giving them what they need to say yes because that process is, is more elevated, right? So that was my bonus. The other lesson for me is that, whew, this is important, power dynamics, gatekeeping, and manipulation in sales is taught to us by capitalism and white supremacy. If you have ever felt icky about taking a certain action in sales, Ask yourself if it conflicts with your values. And if so, give yourself permission to do it differently. It is so deeply embedded in us in the way that we are taught about withholding information and that you are the person of authority and that that person needs you to find, to get their solution rather than empowering the person, right? Like there's so much of it that we're not even fully aware. I'm not even fully aware. It's just so deeply embedded. So I would say, listen to that gut feeling, get coached on it. It depends, I guess, what program you're in, how that will be received. But I think that I realize now that was always giving me information. Anything that ever felt icky to me in me following the way that I wanted to launch this time, I was able to look back at all those times that something felt out of integrity to me. Like when I didn't want to do a webinar in June, I I said I was going to do a webinar for the launch of Reclamation. And then I decided not to because I didn't like the idea that I didn't think the webinar was actually going to help people. It was going to just make them problem aware and point them to my program, but I just wanted it to be helpful. So I realized now like, oh, that was just out of integrity with my values. It doesn't mean webinars are bad. It's just they just didn't were in alignment with me. So I encourage you to do that. And finally, a takeaway from this whole launch was women of color are desperately seeking communities where they feel safe. Being led by a woman of color does not make the group safe. It is why I talked about the community aspect so much and specifically how I try my best to create a, an emotionally safe environment. And I really have just learned so much about what my community needs, what they need me to advocate for on their behalf, the examples that they need to see and how we really go first as thought leaders. As leaders, we are signing ourselves up to go first and to be rooted in our values, to really just be an advocate for our community first and the people that we serve before we're ever an advocate for our pockets, right? Because in doing so, you're going to make the money anyway. To me, my reputation and all of that is the most important thing because I'm just like, well, why am I here if I'm not doing that? Like, I could just go back to corporate. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if I'm just going to like, focus on making money, thinking about the legacy that I'm creating. And I I think about like my people need me to be this example, right? And so I'm willing to do what it takes to to do that. I believe that doing that will beat looking at short-term results every single time. So I hope that you took many things from today's episode and just know that this was just my way and you will apply your own discernment and your own leadership to think about what parts of today's episode really spoke to you and what are some things that you think that you want to do differently. Just really sit with it. Maybe you have to go back and listen to this episode again, close your eyes and be like, which part of this is speaking to me? I hope that there was part of this that validated something in you that you already knew was true because that is your intuition and that is your leadership and that is a very powerful connection that nobody can give you that that is literally when you grow a business, your job is to cultivate that relationship from you to you. 
It is your job to cultivate that relationship between yourself and your inner guidance and your higher self and that leadership part of you. And that is what is going to allow you to create anything you want. That's what's going to allow you to create your version of my $165,000 launch as a single mom coming from seven years ago, being on food stamps and having to start over. You know, it is possible. Not only do you not have to choose between your values and money, but your values are how you are going to make money. That is it. I think this may be my favorite episode to date because of the lessons behind it and the years in the making. This is years in the making, you guys. And I just feel like I truly believe that if any one part of this could change your life or change the trajectory that you're on, then I've done my job. And that's that makes me happy. I would love to hear what stood out to you, questions. I would just love to hear from you. So please screenshot this episode, share it on social media, tag me at Mariella Delamora on Instagram or Mariella Delamora on LinkedIn, and let me know what stood out to you. I am just so glad that you stuck around until the end of the episode. Thank you for being part of my community and I will see you on the next episode.